There's no easy way to approach potty training, but in this episode, parenting expert Laura Erskine shares the winning formula she's used to successfully potty train her three children. And she also gives tips on how to tackle some of the most common issues parents and toddlers face. As a mum of three, Laura, you are definitely qualified to call yourself a parenting expert. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And actually just uh, preparing to come in today, I was looking back over some notes that I prepared. I've worked in various parenting communities over the years. And the last time I spoke about this topic was 2013. <laughs> so, yes, nearly 10 years on, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm still learning and growing. And like, while none of us can possibly claim to be an expert in anything, I think life experience teaches you lots that along with with all the advice and the input from the parenting communities. Yeah, Definitely. amazing. Well, today we're talking about potty training, which is um, a subject close to my heart, my broken heart, <laughs> um, because I have a three-year-old and a nearly one-year-old, but it's the three-year-old that I'm going to try and potty train soon. It's kind of been an ongoing process of talking about it, asking her if she wants to do it, and just being met with flat refusal on all fronts. Um, so do you want to maybe talk to us a little bit about your three kids and the different approaches you used? Or if you did use a different approach, did you use the same for all three? Is your child restless this winter? If so, then try using a soothing Calpol vapor plug and nightlight an electrical plug-in device that emits lavender and chamomile vapours to soothe and comfort babies and children, helping to promote clear and easy breathing for up to eight hours. The Calpol Night Vapour Plug and Nightlight is suitable for children from three months. Calpol Vapour Plug and Nightlight is an electrical device and non-medicine. Always read the label. Well, actually, I suppose it, gender differences um, are important to consider when it comes to potty training. So I have a 12 year old boy um, and I waited a little bit longer. Boys tend to mature a little bit later than girls, it, both physically as well as emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually waiting a little bit longer. I waited till he was three and a half before I started potty training. And um, also there's a, there's a hormone called vasopressin that's produced in your brain and it's slower to develop in boys than in girls and that hormone helps to uh, to contribute to the training at night time okay. because it actually concentrates the urine in your kidneys which is why your wee is kind of very yellow in the morning um, and so that you don't your bladder doesn't overfill at night so there's there's the science yeah. um, and so that's why doing it a bit, little bit later with boys is better so I waited till he was three and a half and yes you have different strategies I mean we used Cheerios in the toilet um, <laughs> to improve his aim and the potty uh, we had lots of fun in the bath um, doing that just to get used to the idea mm-hmm. um, and, and then he wasn't so keen on doing the number twos we had okay. a big struggle with that actually um, quite mentally he he had a bit of a block about it uh, and so we had to get past that and that actually took years mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I'm, I don't know in terms of your <laughs> listeners encouraging them that it's all going to be easy there you know there are you know different personalities at mm. play and there are important things to consider when it comes to toilet training um, and then my daughter Lucy she's now 10 thankfully she is toilet trained too and, <laughs> and she was if she wasn't I'd be like sorry can we stop the podcast <laughs> 
girl is not a mistake. And she's she's she was really easy. I suppose she was quick. She was a girl. She just got it. Uh, and starting on a Friday and then throwing her back into crash on Monday because she was a part time crash goer and um, made it really easy because kind of I started it and, and then the crash just continued and, okay. and it, it became really easy. She mm-hmm. was in an environment where other children were being potty trained too and it was part of their routine in their class in the crash and so it was easy mm. and now Actually, I've can got I just ask you a quick question about yes. that because I have friends who whose um, kids are going to Montessori or crash for the first time when they are about three and they haven't been potty trained but they are requ- required to be mm. before they're allowed in the crash in Montessori so the parents then have this immense pressure to do it so that they're ready but then like sometimes as you're saying you know the kids aren't ready yeah what happens then you know it's it is a tricky one and mostly that's to do with Montessori yeah so um actually like Poppy would be starting so she'll start her her Montessori now she's three since the 18th of of January and Mm. she'll start Montessori in September and yes she does have to be potty trained but had she been born on the 31st of December last year, she would already be in Montessori. Yeah. She would have started September 2021. Yeah. And We're so the she exact would same. have been yeah. two and three quarters. Mm. And, and I don't young. know if she would have been ready, actually. Mm. And that is a pressure, you're right, yeah. when it comes to getting them ready um, and into you can't uh, and force Montessori. It, you know? No, you can't. But you do look at other cultures. And I wonder whether sometimes do we put this pressure on ourselves I know I spoke about the hormone and the science bit when it comes to boys but there are children in um, Asian countries who are potty trained from 12 months <laughs> which is yeah. strange but yeah. that's their culture and it just seems to work as well like they do. it kind of actually <laughs> reminds me of um, when I was in China I traveled in China for like two months years ago now but um, I remember th- these little toddlers going around, no nappy at all, but they did have like a flap on their little onesies. And the parents would literally just like pick them up and let them pee or poo on the sidewalk, like uh, in, the, in the drain. Mm-hmm. And it was normal. Of course, we were just like, what is going on? But for everyone else, this is how they trained them. And this is obviously, as you're saying, how they were just like used to it, to going without bringing it around in a nappy with them all day exactly so So I wonder when does that light switch go off Mm. for either the parent that the parent knows the child needs to go Mm. or (laughs) especially at that young age when they can't tell them or you know is it that we've decided okay they're not ready until they can talk and you can converse with your child and almost reason with them Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why Mm. some of us wait that little bit longer Um, and I think that definitely there is an added pressure when it does come to Montessori most Montessoris though I think it's, it's down to the issue of um, ratios and yeah. them having the time to be able to to change and oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know the ratio of, of carers to children and and to be able to change nappies and, and I suppose what they're qualified and trained to do and what their their day is so short that most of it is actually spent through you know structured play through mm. learning mm. rather than changing nappies yeah. and yeah. wiping yeah. things yeah. But, but that does come with the territory yeah. and I think most Montessori's are understanding mm-hmm. particularly at the beginning mm. um, and then Poppy she was uh, we, we took some time at Christmas when she was nearly three and uh, we were both spending t- time obviously at home and we felt we could devote that to trying to get the potty training sorted um, and it happened very quickly and we weren't 
in the crash environment she does go to crash mm-hmm. three days a week but we weren't throwing her back into crash on the Monday after starting on the Friday Monday, as we yeah. were with my daughter we just spent the time with her and um, and she did get it and there were there's inevitably going to be accidents and people say you should wait until the summer because you know that's a good time you can they can walk around in their nip or mm. just their knickers and it's less washing for the parents but they're I suppose really the best time is, is when your child is ready regardless of the season mm-hmm. and um, and talking to them about it and when they show interest and there are some lovely books out there in bookshops there are even um, stories on Peppa Pig and George learning how to go to, to the toilet and, and lots of, of, of part of their world even watching you as, as parents this and is yeah. siblings so like with <laughs> Isabel my daughter she's just the, nearly the same age as your daughter um she we've been we've bought knickers so she's had knickers in her wardrobe like she has about 50 pairs of knickers um <laughs> that she wears over her nappies <laughs> um, she's had them on the go since last summer she has books about potty training she talks about it she asks to see us whatever we're doing <laughs> um but she just has this fear that she she won't she actually did try and sit on the potty a couple of times and would kind of like pretend to go and nothing would happen and then she'd hop up and go finished but then I don't know something happened where she's now just flatly refusing to even approach it and she says she's scared so I don't know and there's a weird thing happening where she she was stripping for a while where she literally just like emerged with no clothes on and we were kind of thinking like do we need to just turn the heat off like what's going on she's just constantly stripping which actually I think was more for attention because when my son was born obviously the limelight wasn't just shining directly on her anymore but um she so she went through stripping which I think is my mum was like she's ready but she wasn't ready um then she kind of has become really embarrassed about doing her own like going to do a poo herself like she'll go to a different room to do it or she'll hide behind like a curtain or something to do it. That's so she is. doesn't want to do it like in front no, of No, she you. doesn't want to do it in public. Oh. Um, and if she has a dirty nappy then, she like, some, we've actually found like recently, if she suddenly goes from like zero to a hundred with a tantrum, it's probably because she has a dirty nappy, but she doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. But then oh. it's just like, there's a lot of like embarrassment. And I don't know, because I'm we're not a like a family of kind of, you know, don't talk about that kind of thing. I'm just like, you know, poos and wees, totally normal. And like when she does a poo, I'm like, that's amazing. Look at that great big poo. You know, even though you're just like, you are too old for me to be doing this. Um, so I don't know. I'm like, there's a lot of positive rhetoric going on, but not any sort of um, going to the loo, going to the potty. I understand. And I actually, that's really common. They do get embarrassed about going to the to the toilet, particularly because she's she's just more aware now. Yeah. It sounds like she is ready. If she's taking off her clothes, she's possibly uncomfortable. But mm. when she does need to go, I think perhaps because we've been talking about the potty and talking about... Um, you know, potty training and going to the toilet since last summer. I'm guessing that actually it, it's had the opposite effect. It's put yeah. undue pressure on her we without realising. <laughs> but do you know and what? So like it's personality wise, thing. yeah, we actually realised. So like this is becoming more and more apparent with her. Anything that we're doing in the past, if we've talked something up to be like, oh, it's so exciting. It nearly distresses her. Mm-hmm. Like for her birthday this year, I think it was the first year she fully realised 
what a birthday was and we were having people over and because of COVID we haven't been having birthday parties so we were like having our families over and whatever so the night before we were like it's your birthday tomorrow whatever she had the most atrocious night's sleep she woke up like a banshee she just basically was a psycho all day and I think it was just the anxiety of like and like the same thing happened we were talking about holidays and we were like oh we're gonna go on holidays and she was like holidays and like then my husband John was like I think we just need to stop talking about the holidays because it's becoming like a big thing now and I think you're right like I think maybe that is what it is we just maybe need to stop talking about it for a while I think that's exactly yeah. it uh, it's the way her, she's processing the information in her subconscious and and you're right it is mm. causing her anxiety and it is putting undue pressure it's like when we create this really big reward around something like if you achieve yeah. your potty training or if you do a poo in the toilet you will get this humongous reward and actually the, the, the pressure to get the reward becomes so great that they hold their poo they can't even go it causes constipation <laughs> so <laughs> it can have that opposite effect unfortunately so the best thing is is actually not to talk about it to leave the potty out but to take away the nappies during the day right so just take them away and just talk about it and just say look if we have accidents we'll deal with it we'll clean it up nothing is a big deal we don't reference it and it's what worked very well with my daughter and and some parents might scoff at this but one chocolate button for a wee and two for a poo. It's a really Somebody small... else said this, actually. Was <laughs> yeah, it Erica yeah. from Bob Oak? She actually, yeah. I think she was saying chocolate buttons was her... Mm-hmm. It's a small weapon of treat. choice. <laughs> it's very small. It's you know they'll enjoy it. They you know your children aren't getting that many treats, mm-hmm. so it's not mm-hmm. that bad for them in terms of their sugar intake. Um, uh, and just that little reward can spur them on and encourage it. That and then make going to the toilet fun. Mm-hmm. So make the bathroom a fun place. Go yeah. there when you don't even need to go. Right. So uh, when they're washing their hands, um, have a have a bathroom disco, not a kitchen disco, a bathroom <laughs> disco. Put on their frozen theme. Mm-hmm. tune or whatever it is they're into um, and and then have fun like talk about put put uh, Cheerios down the toilet um, and ask them see if you can hit that with your wee you know and, and things mm-hmm. like if you're talking about a fear of the toilet sometimes the inserts that go into the toilet bowl can give them a bit more stability that and stability eventually. step where yeah. they're putting their feet on it when they're yeah. sitting on the toilet okay. and then have a, a few potties around the house so not just one in the bathroom one in the kitchen one in the living room put it in front of the TV let her watch an episode of Paw Patrol or whatever it is or sitting reading a book um, and read to her while she's sitting on the potty and all of those kind of things making sort of normalizing it but also Mm -hmm. making it a treat and time with you so time when um, you know just fun times yeah yeah okay that's very helpful I'm like right I'm gonna have to but go take and buy away five potties <laughs> <laughs> take away the nappy you have yeah. to do it it's like ripping a band-aid I off. know that's the thing I'm like to be honest I'm to blame as well because like yeah. every weekend me and my husband are like okay this weekend we're just gonna do it and then inevitably we're like oh but we just oh. wait till tomorrow and then we're like oh we just wait till night and then like again like you just convince yourself you're like maybe it's not the right time you know maybe the weather's not and then we're like oh we are going away in two weeks and then, you know you see you talk yourself out there of it as well always something yeah like, that's the same thing when we're trying to get my little boy out of the bed and it's like we're going to start now because we want you know to get babysitters so that he we you know they can put him to bed and we mm. can go out <laughs> so it's the, there's always something though it's like my my husband's going to a stag or 
someone's visiting or you know something. Mm. the rugby's on anything <laughs> you do you find those excuses because you don't want to you build it up then as this monumental task that you don't want to tackle yeah. when actually it's just about normalizing it and we can only do these things if we have to start somewhere mm-hmm. i know but the, the annoying thing is is my mom was like you know it's grand you just basically like i was obviously a very easy child i was the perfect child <laughs> um but my mom actually said my nana bought me a pair of pink frilly knickers because i am that basic girl slash child who was like oh my god pink frill is amazing and she basically told me if you can go to the potty or go to the loo yourself you'll get these knickers and I was like done like that's fine and I and my mum said I was done within a week like I was fully trained within a week even nights and everything um how old were you do you know I think I was like two I think I was really young um but I've always kind of fancied myself as very mature, even though I think the complete opposite is true. Um, That's so, amazing. Yeah. You were done on nights as well. Yeah, and lots so, of parents kind of tend to to split that out mm. to, to tackle the daytime first. So that's why I'm like, why can't I just reward her? <laughs> I was like, Peppa Pig knickers. And then we wore the Peppa Pig knickers to death. And I was like, right now, they're actually too small for you and you're still wearing nappies. Yeah. Um, so my, I mean, my little boy is only 17 months, so he is definitely too young, I think. Um, but like you've just reminded me, or not reminded me, but my thing at the moment is that I can't leave any room without him like wanting to come with me. So I, he's always sees me on the toilet, like all the time he's in there with me. And also like he, he kind of likes the bathroom. He likes um baths now who likes throwing things Mm. into the bath and he likes the motions of brushing his teeth so like I don't particularly want him coming to the loo with me every single time but would you say that you know at this stage it is normalizing it for him and that like kind of knowing that that's what happens in the bathroom is what he will be doing in the future absolutely I think the more the children see the more that they learn. I mean, you're the you're the role model, yeah. so that's ex- exactly it. And and taking him to the bathroom, and initially he will be sitting down when he goes. So yeah. he, just like mom, yeah. <laughs> he, he loves flushing the toilet. Actually, it's like his new favorite thing. So it's all it's it's all normal and it's all good. And I feel he, like at this rate, Fionn's, Fionn's going to be potty trained before Isabel is. <laughs> you'll be like next week. You'll be like he's done. Um, but like nighttime potty training, so that actually is the thing. So I haven't even mastered daytime, so I don't know why I'm getting ahead of myself. But how do you even do that transition period from going if they've mastered daytime and they're telling you when they need to go to the or do they tell you? Do you just bring them every half an hour? At the beginning, when you're potty training um, or toilet training, you do, you need to bring them regularly. So you just keep bringing them in. And if they don't need to go, they don't need to go. And it's no big deal. And you sit in there for, you know, five minutes, read a story, leave books in there um, and do that regularly until their body gets to know it. Then they'll start telling you and they'll say, (laughs) Poppy's favorite word is um, she's a big door, the Explorer fan. So it's, mommy, I need a wee or mommy, I need a a poo. Vamanos. So, so we vamanos to the to the bathroom <laughs> quickly, and uh, we we get there in time. Uh, and she's she's even learning to be able to hold it. We did mm-hmm. our first forest we yesterday. Wow! Um, where we were we were up in the mountains with the golden retriever doing the morning walk, and and she held it actually um, for a good half an hour from the time that she said that she needed to go. But just as we were approaching the car park, she said, "No, mom, I can't hold it anymore." So so we actually we did our first forest we. And that was a new experience, mm-hmm. too, because she 
she didn't have anything to sit on so I kind of held her and and she was a little bit nervous because Mm. she was you know it wasn't something she was used to but we made a big deal about it and we rang daddy afterwards and she was excited and it is it's about celebrating all of those things um at the little milestones (laughs) well no we're we're well past that now (laughs) but she is um she's definitely it's it's all of that encouragement and she's delighted and she feels proud Mm. so it's hard to balance that um you know not putting pressure on them but rewarding them and that encouragement so that they feel good about themselves and encouraging them to actually ring Nana Mm -hmm, or Grandad mm -hmm. and aunts and stuff to tell them about their wees and poos that they've done taking photographs of them (laughs) you know all of that (laughs) you know that will will inspire the classic (laughs) moment where you just like are in a moment and you think to yourself how is this my life (laughs) how am I taking a picture of a feces <laughs> and it's, sending it to a family group on yeah. <laughs> it's to celebrate it and it does it does definitely help encourage them to keep going with it and make them feel like big girl big boy um and there can be regression from time to time if they're sick or you know if if the attention is taken away and they might wet themselves or soil themselves just to get that attention again so it's important to note that that it isn't necessarily that they can't they they don't know how or that they were never ready it could be just about attention just a dirty protest basically yes (laughs) and going off to that quiet corner that you mentioned or in another room it it is embarrassing for them and and because they're just learning what comes out of them now they're more aware of their bodies and that is completely normal and it's why talking about privacy in the bathroom you know if they want privacy to Mm -hmm. to let them have that and say do you want to sit up here and I'll come back in a a minute or you can call me when you're finished if you want to have some quiet time but we don't do it behind the curtain in the living room in our pants yeah (laughs) (laughs) we do it in the bathroom um and and to encourage that and then break out as you say the daytime with the nighttime um toilet training because it can be a lot to master Mm -hmm. and and as i mentioned at the beginning and that hormone that develops in in a child's brain it tends to come in around uh three um and later sometimes for boys which is why boys tend to be bedwetters more than girls later on in in childhood um and so it's something that um you know when your child's pull-ups or nappies at night time aren't wet in the morning that's when you know they're ready to start toilet training that and to limit fluids um from about six o'clock right okay okay god it's really um it kind of makes more sense when you know the science behind it i think that can be really helpful for parents who probably when we're being toilet trained wouldn't have known that so having an explanation okay god that is why you know that's why my little boy is sleeping in bed when he's five or six or however old it is just to know that um it makes it yeah it explains it and I think it makes things a little bit easier and you don't worry as much when you know that there's you know something normal behind it all that is kind of like a a common theme that's coming through because yeah (laughs) thankfully through this thankfully through this podcast I'm learning things that like I wouldn't have known before so I don't know what that says about my parenting um but even like with regards to sleep, it's all hormone based or tantrum. Like everything is about hormones and like regulating their hormones. So, um, yeah, they're hormonal. And they're hormonal like little it's creatures. All, it's all this development. There's so much going on in their little bodies and their little brains. Just like, and because it's all so regular day to day to us, you know, we never celebrate peeing. Um, it's, it, you know, I think you have to put yourself in a different mindset being like, these are tiny little humans who are just going through such a lot and we have to give them a little break even if they're 
a bit annoying sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's actually my my next question so this is obviously going back to but if all of that doesn't work like what would be what would be the max age would you say yeah. <laughs> before a child would say I'm actually going to stop wearing the nappies now I would say like what's the eldest <laughs> well you see they're going to <laughs> be oldest. looking it depends whether I'd say Montessori really yeah to be honest okay. so if you think about um what age they're going to be starting Montessori probably the oldest a child will start Montessori is around kind of three and a half yeah. three and three quarters yeah um, and that's because, you know, well, we've all got the two years free ecchi, although Poppy will probably only benefit from one year, but mm. depending on when you start it. And um, and so I think that because that's a requirement, parents will do it then. And plus, yeah. then they're going to be mixing with other children who are doing it. They won't actually want to be the child left behind. Yeah. Do you think They'll there is a bit of a herd mentality? Like absolutely. once they see their peers doing something, it kind of something clicks. Absolutely. And um, making it fun and and you know seeing seeing parents do it seeing siblings doing it seeing their peers do it is definitely all helps it's it's the same with language it's like if you speak to a baby like a baby they're never going to learn the words mm-hmm. so it's it's talking to them in the same way you talk to um your other children so that they learn the language and you don't speak for them and and you know it it is it's a developmental thing and it's all the little milestones that we look forward to um <laughs> to taking on and helping our supporting our children children through but it's um it's it's probably one of the least fun ones I think that the parents look forward to so on a practical level like are there certain kind of potties that you favor over others or you know I'm um, not a potty fan for are you not stop. okay and, and that's but that's preference it's because I, I learned the hard way with my eldest he wouldn't he wouldn't go to the toilet on anything but a potty so we ended up having to bring the potty everywhere okay. and not just oh, any okay. potty a very specific potty okay <laughs> so really um if you can get your child to go on the toilet from mm-hmm. the beginning with, with the, the little insert okay. for stability yeah. and the step as yeah. well um that definitely helps but uh I suppose you have to go be led by your child and if they're in Aldi and they see uh you know a, a finding Nemo potty that they've set their heart on mm-hmm. you just go with it but I suppose don't make them so dependent on one potty that was my parenting fail mm-hmm. um have lots of them around the house so that they can they can interchange between them and um and they're not so reliant and I've seen some parents queuing up actually at the crash door with their potty because they won't even use the special child toilet in the Montessori or the okay. crash they'll only use that potty so I suppose if you if you're using a potty, use it at the beginning of your toilet training, gradually phase it out, encourage them to get up on the toilet, use it every second time uh, and then disappear it yeah, okay. um, <laughs> when you know that they can do it on the toilet so it doesn't become over-reliance. And then when do they transition to just the toilet? Is that just completely to do with their own size? Uh, well, I suppose it's, it's helping now Poppy is, is is up on the toilet so she's potty trained what five six weeks and, but is and she we with the insert still with the yeah, insert okay. she needs help getting up right, yeah. and again it's a stability thing yeah. she's only just three mm. so um, even though we have the step we'd probably need a railing either side for her to hold on as she steps up and turns herself around and plops herself down so they do need you there so um, but yeah it's it's toilet only with the insert and actually she will go on the toilet if she's holding if you're 
were there to hold her or to hold her hand or just to, to reassure her uh, without the insert in, you know, aunts and uncles' houses and, and grandparents. Um, so I suppose the sooner you can get rid of the insert too, the better. Less cleaning as well um, with all of the various bits and pieces that you're 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 trying to clean us because the, the aim is definitely not good and it's not great for girls in the at the beginning yeah. but at the moment it's going halfway down her legs and, yeah. <laughs> and down onto the floor I'm just have, I just have this vision of like kids everywhere falling into the toilet because <laughs> they're just like so small there's no insert and it's just like oops it's holding on to the side <laughs> and reminding them holding on to the edge and reminding them to um, to wash their hands and the importance oh, yeah. of that and actually the toilet the flushable toilet wipes are a lifesaver okay. um, in terms of, of cleaning up the yeah. the excess that, that tends to run down the back of the legs sometimes. Yeah. I do okay, think that's, that's a good tip. That's <laughs> a one good thing though about COVID. I feel like children are very conscientious about hand washing now, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but definitely, you know, we know to wash our hands in our house. Probably one of the only things we know to do. Um, so how do you deal? You mentioned that you brought your daughter for a walk and you had to go in the forest, which sounds kind of magical and like a fairy adventure. <laughs> yeah. But um, say you're in the car and you're going to the supermarket and they need to go in the car. Like, what do you do? Well, ask them to hold it. You can't. Well, I suppose asking them to hold it, see if they can. Okay. Um, if you're in the car, a handy thing to get, and you can get them in the likes of of I was going to say Mother Care, but it's Calliope now. Um, in, in any, you can buy them online. Uh, our little sort of toilet. Um potty training inserts that you put into the car seat so okay. you don't have that dreaded having to take off every layer of the car seat or or even just the bedtime um mats that you can buy pampers i think to a range of them um and, and fold them up into a little square and just put them underneath their bum okay. their toilet training just for the first couple of months and you're putting them into that car seat in case there is an accident um the other alternative then is to carry around a potty in the boot uh, and ask them if they want to go there um, I know there are potties out there that can fold flat and they're designed for travel so they uh, I suppose when you're using them on a toilet the, the legs that would go down as the as the base of the potty can be spread out with ways to form a little handle when they're sitting on a toilet seat so it's okay. like a little toilet insert and then they fold down vertically as the base to form a little potty and you put a little um, a little bag inside it and that works as the potty and then okay. you dispose of the bag so if, if you're worried like when you're out bring one of those to a festival <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be a bad I, idea I don't know my festival days might be far behind me um, at this stage but now I'm like but she, she adjusted well with the idea she sees our golden retriever go in the forest now he lifts his leg but um, <laughs> not quite the same and, and it was difficult because she's a girl it wasn't a boy just yes, taking an aim against yeah. a tree so we pulled down the tights and the and the knickers and and I I just held her and said you know and she was a little bit nervous and she did hold on to me and I did get a bit of my hand but you know (laughs) you deal with that it was okay yeah Um, bodily fluids and parenting just go hand in hand they do yeah and and speaking of fluids it's really important and when you are toilet training that you give your child lots of of fluids um and and if they're having difficulty going that you measure the amount of fluids that they're they're taking in just to be sure that they're getting at least you know um 500 mils uh, of fluids throughout the day that they really need to be 
to be taking in and not not refusing fluid because they don't want to go to the toilet. And similarly, that's really, really, really important for the poos. It is is lots and lots of water, not milk, but water. Um, Because uh, the more water we have, in addition to the fibre intake we have in our fruits and vegetables, the more regular and easy it's going to be to go to the toilet. And that's what happened with my eldest boy when he had difficulty, developed constipation. Um, He got a little little fissure seal or I suppose like a a little bleed when he went to uh, when he went to the toilet and then he associated going to do a poo with pain Um, and just that one little internal hemorrhoid Mm. for for him caused about five years worth of of poo anxiety and distress and And that is really common I've heard about it a a lot from people I know and like this fear then because it's sore and of course you I mean things you can do is make it use the um baby friendly laxatives and prunes and all that prune juice and that, all that kind of thing but it does become a an ordeal um yeah so yeah, it does and rewarding them and not making a big deal about it i yeah. suppose is good that combined with actually just making sure that their diet and fluid intake is so good i mean that's the and way sitting to, regularly yeah, on that's the, the toilet. way to kind of hope it doesn't happen is just just make it as easy for them as possible from the get-go Exactly. So water, lots of water. Exactly. <laughs> and then not to make them embarrassed then yeah. or, you know, when they, when if they do have an accident in their pants and they simply can't hold on to it anymore. But it is good to explain that sometimes the um when they're when they're feeling a little bit um clogged up in their belly, that their their tummy can get sore and that can make them a little bit sad and it can make them a little bit angry and a little bit moody as well. Um and so actually we feel much better in ourselves when we go to the toilet and celebrating that feeling afterwards that we feel we've more energy and we're happy and now we can do loads of things because we've done our poo it is a good um, positive association with it as well um, as celebrating the poo itself because um, I think that particularly for any child that is embarrassed about going and holding on to it they do become a little bit cranky for that couple of hours before they eventually do go and they'll start refusing food as well which can be difficult so making them relaxed and even if it means encouraging and putting them putting giving them a screen while they sit in the toilet so that they're so relaxed they're so focused on on reading a story or listening to a story or watching a screen um that they then will will allow their body to to do what it, what it's designed to do uh, and okay. naturally do Kev, that I'm, i feel <laughs> like i have lots of tips here i'm like i can't wait to go home and try this um do you have any kind of books that you like to refer to or any kind of resources that you think our listeners should check out if they're thinking of potty training their children I'm not thinking of when they inevitably have to potty train their children there are so many. There, there are so many available. I mean, you'd go on to, to Amazon or their local bookshop. There are tons of potty training books. Um, there's no one in particular. Um, I suppose the one thing I would advise is that you you probably just buy one um, and, and read it as a, you know, as a part of their bedtime routine, but not overdo it in terms of adding that pressure that we spoke about that without realising it, just making it fun. I've um, heard of Pooh Goes to Pooh Land. there are so many (laughs) yeah that's one that's recommended a lot in these groups I'm in so oh fantastic and and, and then there's lots of like episodes of their children's favourite character shows that Mm -hmm. would show uh, 
a, a child, a character learning to go to the bathroom or going to the toilet. And and so I suppose all of those positive references and associations um, are, are good for them. But um, if they do have difficulty in terms of, of potty training and going to the toilet and constipation, there are some good resources um with you know in terms of contacting your GP um, I know the Crumlin um, Children's Hospital website has a really good um, urology section which is all about training your bladder um, and there's some good downloads and resources there too okay so it is just really trial and error isn't it yeah and, and probably which is it's why it's hardest for if you have several children it's always hardest for the eldest because yeah. they're the guinea pig and you have to just trial everything on them and see what works and then go along get better and better as you go on that's it. And and actually not making it into the big deal, just ripping off, I was going to say ripping off that band-aid, ripping off that nappy mm-hmm. and and literally just going for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then just making that decision. It's it's like moving them from a cot to a bed. It, it's like getting rid of the soother and, and the and then the nighttime milk bottle. They're all, you, we know that there's associations in your child's mind with, with that things happen in a certain order. It's just a new routine. Yeah. Um, and about instilling some nice positive associations that go along with that, like the, the chocolate button or the reward chart or, or whatever that might be. This might be an impossible question, but is there any sort of timeline you can kind of expect, like from when you start to when they're just happy with going on their own like oh that's a good one actually I want to know that (laughs) (laughs) you know once when will the misery end (laughs) exactly (laughs) once you know they're ready to go and you know you're you're going through the motions you've begun the training how long would it usually take for it to just be be a normal part of their life usually about two weeks okay Um, that's quick yeah yeah two weeks for it to be established (laughs) (laughs) um they're still going to ask you for help or they're Mm -hmm. still going to tell you that they need to go whether that's uh, whether that's that they go themselves and and manage to get up on on the bathroom or, or just go to the potty themselves um is another thing in terms of their size and their mobility. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of, of actually knowing that they need to go to the toilet and and telling you or it just becoming very a normal part of their day, um, two weeks and they and they should be all done. So if you're planning a holiday away <laughs> or, or you're going somewhere, um, just to allow Cancel that time for it, to, for it to be fully established. I mean, honestly, most children are, are fine within four to five days. Okay. Uh, but you do have to allow for, for a few accidents mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah. I mean, I've stopped even bringing spare pants with me and we're five, six weeks into it. So okay, that's we're... A, that's very hopeful. Very <laughs> hopeful. Yeah, there is hope. With everything, there is hope. And they don't want to feel uncomfortable themselves. Yeah, yeah true. Know, so... It's, it's like brushing the teeth themselves, know. you know, and, yeah. or you not doing it for them. Well, we, we allow, the yeah, we, we do our own teeth brushing. Um, Isabel brushes her own teeth, but I don't know how well they're being brushed, to be honest. <laughs> I'm kind of dreading the day she's like, I have a pain. I'm like, oh God, here we go. Yeah. Cavity at age four. Um, <laughs> the recommendation is that parent does it for at least one of the two times of toothbrushing a day okay. and then the child does it afterwards yeah so oh. and the electric toothbrush is great i know i need to get an electric it's just you know what the common theme actually that i'm it's just constant power struggles <laughs> yeah it's like we're basically just constantly trying to do what the other one doesn't want to do um it's girls yeah no, i have um a- another question um so it's kind of going back to the different cultures and different ways uh different cultures do things so in 
a lot of Asian countries back to Asia where they squat rather than sit on a toilet bowl. And we're now being told like as adults that we're kind of doing it wrong, sitting on the toilet seat like that. We need to elevate our legs and all that kind of thing. Um, how would you, should we do that with our kids as well? Like, um, honestly, I'm like, <laughs> is that complicating? I, I struggle yeah, that myself. Is, probably is. I think their little legs. It'll be a while before they yeah. can do that. I'm trying to even think. Putting another you, layer onto. Sorry, <laughs> you, you totally are, and and it probably is best because we know that when we go to public toilets, that we sort of. Put, we clean the toilet mm. seat before we sit in it and the advice really is is not to, to not, hover is, is to hover yeah, exactly yeah. so it's important to talk to your child about that once they're of the right height mm-hmm. that they could actually manage that um, and, and that they should do that yeah. when they're when they're out in public places because there is not you know it's I suppose we're we're much more aware of infection yeah. and viruses since um, COVID. So it, I suppose it's it's another opportunity to talk to them about personal hygiene mm-hmm. and that you know home is a safe place. But also why it's really important that they also clean the seat after them at home and if they're God forbid in anybody else's home <laughs> uh, and there's yeah. a little drip or there's a little tire track or you know. Yeah. Um, and and it's simply to put put the uh, the toilet seat down and flush. You know, I know it's kind of basic, but, um, but I still see, have to remind my twelve year old boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah it's, a, it's something that. So you know, going to the toilet is obviously a natural thing humans do, but the the way you do it and the etiquette around it is something you definitely have to be taught. So doing it from the get go is key, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I'd go so far as to tell my 12-year-old boy to sit down if he can't aim right. Because <laughs> he leaves, he's in a house the joy, with a lot of girls. The joy of having a boy. <laughs> um, I know that that's actually like the thing for me because I haven't even contemplated because I'm just so focused on training Isabel, who's a girl, obviously, um, that I haven't even thought about the whole aiming and standing up side of things I think I'll worry about that when the time comes yeah, yeah you can make get my fun. husband to do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna go with my logic of the second child just is less of a guinea pig so I'm like Theo will be absolutely fine yeah. when the time comes he'll have a perfect aim and we'll just breeze <laughs> through it um and we won't but I'm gonna just tell myself that you kind of have to tell yourself that though don't you I have to just constantly go, it'll be grand. I think that's basically my life's motto. Yeah. It'll be grand. Yeah. Don't, don't overthink it. Yeah. I think you follow your gut and really don't overthink it. And that yeah. comes down to, you know, a lot of our parenting decisions yeah. day to day. No, I do. I legitimize a lot of things by going, well, I've never seen an adult with a, like, insert whatever <laughs> thing that I'm not doing properly <laughs> um, here. But yeah, it's kind of like the thing with like the soothers or like bottles or whatever. I'm like, well, I've never seen an adult with a bottle that I know of. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, it all resolves itself in the end. It does. And there's no, you have to follow your child's lead uh, as well as making some tough parenting decisions along the way. Mm-hmm. My Getting rid of the soother at night time is my my next one. So I'll really? update you as to how that goes. Yeah. And it's very late at age three, but I, I took it away too early on Lucy. I took it away at two and then she started sucking her thumb and you can't take away her thumb. Okay. So, um, and then my, my elder boy was three and a half when I took away the soother and he never sucked a thumb and he just got rid of the soother and that was fine so now I'm at that point with Poppy where I'm going okay I've got about two or three nights of broken sleep to look forward to and then we'll be fine I know that's it like it's always this like 
It's always torn. something, sure. <laughs> and then you the get hump. over it. Like yeah. you just get over it and it's over. And two weeks for like the toilet training timeline is manageable. Yeah, that's given me a bit of hope now. Yeah. And that's two weeks to having it done done. As yeah. in they tell you and, and there's you know, little to no accidents. Mm-hmm. I mean you've got mm-hmm. probably five days of of just putting the head down and locking yourself away. Um, but, you know, most of it will be done in a, in a long weekend. That's a good time to, to plan. Jo, we had COVID after Christmas and we had to isolate and I'm kicking myself now. I'm going, <laughs> why didn't... Well, I think we we're just the misery of isolating over Christmas. I was like, I can't cope with this. Um, St. Patrick's yeah. weekend has an extra day this year. So there's a nice four-day weekend. There we go. I just I just have to face <laughs> it head on, don't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get Poppy to FaceTime your little girl. Yeah, please. <laughs> From the Shamer. Be like, hey, fellow three-year-old, what are you doing in your nappies? Um, but Laura... What, where can people find your information where if, if they want to find out a little bit more about the kind of um, advice that you can offer and give, where should they go? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm, I'm kind of a, I, I, everywhere. Um, <laughs> I have a website, theparentingexperts.com. Um, but mainly I contribute to um, publications like yourselves and parenting communities. I write a column in um, RSVP magazine, sometimes write a little bit for Rollercoaster and other parenting publications and Gosh, I think the Irish Daily Mail ring me. <laughs> it's always on a Sunday night that they ring me looking for parenting contributions. It's, it's. Uh, I suppose I've been at this a long time now, well over 10 years, chatting about all things parenting. And do you have an and Instagram handle? I do. I'm at Laura Erskine um, on Instagram. And um, yeah, uh, they, if anybody has any parenting questions, they can they can email me, Laura, at theparentingexperts.com and I'll do my very best to either um, answer them directly or tackle it in um, in maybe a, a, the next podcast for Rollercoaster. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, we really, really trust your um, knowledge and advice and thank you so much for coming on and talking us through the toilet training because... I think that we got um, like an awful lot from it and hopefully you listeners will too. Yeah, let's wear thank you so much. I'm gonna put all of these um theories into practice now and I'll let you know how we get on. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Pray for me. <laughs> Best of luck. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me. If you enjoyed it, we have so many other amazing episodes for you to go back and listen to wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure to like us and hit subscribe. Don't forget to tune in again next time. Is your child restless this winter? If so, then try using a soothing Calpol vapor plug and nightlight, an electrical plug-in device that emits lavender and chamomile vapors to soothe and comfort babies and children, helping to promote clear and easy breathing for up to eight hours. The nightlight emits a soft light to help comfort your child and guide you in the room so that you don't disturb your sleeping child. The Calpol Night Vapor Plug and Nightlight is suitable for children from three months. Calpol Vapor Plug and Nightlight is an electrical device and non-medicine. Always read the label.